This is Using the Whole Whale, stories of data and technology in the social impact world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. This is episode 97 of Using the Whole Whale. I am obviously not George Weiner. I'm Olivia Marlo-Giovetti, the account strategist whaler with Whole Whale. And this week we are talking to Mark Johan Cavansari, the CEO and founder of Guardian X. This is a fantastic app. It allows you, if you are commuting home, leaving a party, leaving a bar, anytime that you are traveling alone and you want that little extra nudge towards safety, you have this app that uses your phone to track you as you leave from one destination to the next. We learned about it at South by Southwest this year. And by Mark's own definition, um, he would rather we live in a world where we don't need to use Guardian X, but in the meantime, using tech as a means of crossing this digital impact chasm, the outputs that we are putting into the world the investments we're making online, our time, our resources, how can we cross the chasm between those and the outcomes we want to affect? Obviously, the big outcome for Guardian X is to go out of business, uh, to reach a world where we don't need to have something tracking us as we go from one place to the next. But in the meantime, we have a tool available to us and we have some wonderful outcomes to affect. Without further ado, here is Mark Johan Cavansardi with Guardian X. I am here with Mark Johan Cavansardi, the founder and CEO of Guardian X. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, everyone, and hi, Olivia. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, I've obviously just introduced you by name and title, um, but can you tell us a bit more about uh, who you are and about what Guardian X does? Okay, so uh, just briefly about my background. I'm a lawyer on tech entrepreneur, and Guardian X is a next-generation personal safety and safe mobility app. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that we want to uh, connect people when they're traveling and commuting and uh, create a safety network of users so that people when they travel or commute alone can feel safer and more empower, empowered where, wherever they are. And if I recall correctly, there is a personal story that uh, drove the formation of Guardian X. Can you speak a little bit more to that? Yeah, so actually uh, it's, it's a very personal story. My, my, my spouse happened to be a witness in a sexual assault case close by where we live. And uh, back then I figured out that, okay, this can happen here in one of the safest counties in the world. It will uh, definitely happen somewhere else. And uh, that's how the idea came up. And then I started researching it and noticed it, that safe mobility and safety is a, is a massive, massive global issue. And uh, I wanted to utilize the technology that we have with us every day to, to do something about it. So you saw the problem, you saw the data that contributes to this problem or 
codifies the problem and then you consider the solutions using the tools that we have available to us. As you said, we have our phone with us all day, every day. Yeah, because we are walking around every day with these impressive uh, machines in our pockets that, that have more computing power than uh, NASA had when they flew the first guys to the moon and back. So I, I think we can utilize that computing power and, and the fact that we are connected all the time to, to the internet and to each other. So we should utilize that network to, to solve everyday problems that we face. That's wonderful. And uh, full disclosure, we met at South by Southwest uh, earlier this year, and you were on a panel on tech in the Me Too era. And I remember one of the really interesting points of discussion that came up from that panel was the idea of using tech as, is tech the solution or the tool to finding the solution? And I'm curious what you have to say about that. Well, I, I think that when, when tech is such a, a global issue as, as safety and personal safety, so, so technologies, I, I would say that technology can offer tools, but it always comes down to people. So I would say the most important ingredient is, is people who want to make our communities better and make our communities safer. And, and technology can, can offer a powerful platform and, and a tool for that. But it, it, the most important ingredient is people every time, definitely. Mm, yeah, it's sort of like this chasm that we cross when we're looking at how to take everything that we put into digital, the, the apps, the web presence, the marketing behind that, and then the outcome that we want to see, and then uh, which could be just a safer world and a world where women, for instance, can leave a bar alone at 12 o'clock at night and get home safely. And this tool really sounds like the way that we cross that bridge from one end to the next. Yeah, definitely. We, we, I, I mean that in many places we can take, for example, personal safety or safe mobility for granted, but unfortunately in, in, in many places in the world we cannot. And we, we tend to forget it when, if we live in, in, a, in a community or environment where it's, it's taken for granted, so we tend to forget that the big majority of people around the globe, it's, it's not, it's not a, a self-evident. It's, it's not a right as it should be for many people. So I'm curious too within this, because uh, we've talked a little bit about the the fact that we have this tool available to us. To your point, we have more uh, technology in our back pockets than NASA had when they first flew yeah. um, men to the moon in 1969. And on yeah. the other side, we also, the spreading Guardian X, the app where you can basically have someone tracking you as you make your way home. There's obviously also a lot of digital uh, and online work that goes into promoting it and helping people find out about it and you know making your case that people are fundamentally good. And I'm curious how you see the online work both from the app side and from how you've been marketing it and building awareness around it. How do you see that work leading to this offline impact? 
Well, I, I, I would say that impact, impact is in the DNA of our company. We are a very mission-driven company in a sense that our, our product is, is built with the mission in, in mind from the very first day. So we can't really, in, 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 in our product and in our company, you can't really uh, separate the, the work that you do from, from creating an impact, whether it is online work or, or offline work or impact. But to answer to your question, so I think that step that we take, whether it's just raising awareness about the issue or, or and getting more users to the community and using the app. So I think all the steps that we take are a right step to closer to our goal and closer to our mission, which is to offer a, a next generation safe mobility and a 911 uh, for everybody. Because, in, in, as I said, in many places in the world, it's, it's not self-evident. It, they don't, for example, even have, in many countries or cities, major cities, they don't have access to well-functioning uh, 911, which is quite astonishing, actually. But at the same time, these people carry around mobile devices and smartphones. Yeah, it's almost like we're starting at the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and using what we have at the top of it to help with uh, forming the base of it, you know, that personal safety. Yeah, so it's really hard to answer the question. I think that's an excellent question. So how does our online presence and work create the offline impact? But in our case, it's really hard to separate those two because all, all the things, all the steps we take online are directly correlating to our, our core mission, which is to, to empower people and, 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 and ensure safer mobility for, for everyone. And raising awareness about it, because there are still a lot of people who don't realize it's, it's a global issue. Sure, here in uh, the United States, for instance, it's similar to Crisis Text Line, which uh, allows people to sort of text in if they are in the middle of a personal or mental health crisis and have that accessibility yeah. and sort of raising awareness around that, uh, around that issue of mental health and destigmatizing it so that people know that they have this re- wonderful resource available to them. Yeah, and I, I think that kind of tools like mental health is also one of the, if you would say, uh, great challenges of the 21st century, same way as, as personal safety and integrity. So I think it's fantastic that there are more accessible tools that technology can offer, sometimes threshold or even possibility to ask for help in that situation. So the, it's not always possible to make a phone call or even even actively inter- in, in, like have interact with your device. So if technology can offer easier ways and lower the threshold to, to ask help and feel better and feel safer, so I, I think that's fantastic. And it certainly beats getting all of the uh, spam phone calls telling me that I've won a trip to the Bahamas. Yeah, 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 that's true, yeah. 
So Guardian X is, you know, fairly new as as a company, you know, in comparison to a lot of other organizations. And I'm curious what, uh, as you're measuring the growth of it, you're measuring downloads, what metrics matter to you the most and why? Okay, that's an excellent question. Uh, I, I would say that uh, no matter what you do, of course, that uh, among users in the community and and uh, is important and, and what is even more important is the activity and engagement of the users. So I, I, I tend to say to, to, to my team members is that uh, if, if users uh, use actively our service and, and, and the retention is good so that they get back to our service tool day after day, week after week, so then we are doing something right. And I, I think that's the most important method when you're creating a tool or a platform or a community is that people are active and engaged with with your tool and with your community. I think that's the most important metric for us because that means that we are giving them value and we are creating something that they want to use. And and it's important when you build. No matter basically what you build or or what you want to achieve, it's important that you build something that you would yourself want to use and you would want your friends and family to use in your everyday life. I think that's a pretty good part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, avoiding the vanity metrics of how many downloads there are and really, you know, versus how many, how good, essentially. Yeah, and, and I, I'm glad that you mentioned vanity metrics because there's so many vanity metrics out there and people are uh, referring, even referring to metrics that in, in, in our opinion are vanity because uh, it, it, for example, I'm going to give you an example. In our case, so for example, when we do campaigns, so impressions, for example, I, I, I strongly personally feel that impressions are for us in our case, they are a vanity metric in the sense that they don't tell us anything about whether our users like the campaign or wanted to engage with the campaign or downloaded the app uh, and joined the community due to that campaign. So I, I, I think that's a, a very good example of a vanity metric that a lot of people are still following and, and even paying based on on. on Impressions. So that's that's. I, I think I think that's an excellent topic to to discuss. Also, vanity metrics because there's a lot of them, and and how to avoid measuring the wrong metrics. I think that's an excellent excellent topic. Yeah. Sure, and I think that with board members or investors, you want to give them the highest numbers possible because they look so impressive. But does it really move the needle forward on the impact you're looking to achieve? Yeah, does it? That's I I, I don't. Of course, it's nice to show high high volumes, but if you really know what you're doing, and, and if, if as an investor or board member, if you know what you're talking about and know what you're asking, then then you should be able to identify that away from the valuable metrics that you follow. Absolutely, and I think that there's sort of that dual relationship too of as a nonprofit or a social impact org, uh, knowing how to communicate the importance of the 
metrics that are how good meets how many to your investors or board. And there can be a dialogue around that to explain why this is a lower metric, but it's so much more important to understanding how we're actually working and how good our product or how good our mission is. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. I totally agree. And that's, that's one of the pitfalls if, if we think about uh, you can get excited about dynamic metrics, but I, I would say that it's more important to identify three to five key metrics that that bring you most value and help you understand your your users the best. So I, I think that's really important, and I don't think there's so much difference between the key metrics that you should follow, no matter what your service or product or, or, or mission is. So let's bring this back to uh, sort of a practical approach. Can you talk to me about either perhaps a campaign or a project or maybe even just the launch of Guardian X and the metrics you took from that and what you did with those metrics afterwards? Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, well, as an entrepreneur, you do a lot of mistakes all the time and you just have to live with the fact, but uh, I would say, uh, well, I, I, I would say that as I said, it's really important to define the metrics before you start. Because what we did wrong, uh, we were really new in the game when we started raising awareness and creating campaigns, both offline and online. And we really didn't know how to identify the key segment that we should talk with and who we should communicate with. So it took a while for us to narrow down the, the audience. And I, I think that if we would do it again, if we would start over now, we would be much wiser in, in, in identifying that audience and, and, and getting to talk with the right people much sooner. Now because a long time to get there because we tried probably our mistake was that we tried vast audiences in the beginning and it was like shooting broken arrows in the dark <laughs> yeah and and before we realized that by narrowing down by by finding the right segment and, and, and the right audience you can get much more active community, better online and social media presence as by starting to reach out to the largest audience possible, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, and now I know what you would do if you had the time machine and could go back and change one thing about Guardian X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We would definitely do, do things differently in the beginning. But yeah, but, but on a larger scale, if you ask so uh, no matter if you are an entrepreneur or, or uh, whatever your mission is, it's important to listen to advice. And, 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 but what is even more important is to acknowledge, acknowledge that you make the final decision based on the information you have. And you have to also take the responsibility of those decisions and as there are always good advice and less good advice available, so so you shouldn't just blindly all follow the advice given by others, because your 
mission, your product, your community, or your your project is always unique. So the advice that you is giving to you doesn't apply 100% on your case. I think that's very important to keep in mind, no matter what you do uh, online or offline. Yeah, much like metrics, advice is a good map or a good compass. It's not necessarily the destination. Exactly. You you said it. I, I couldn't say it better. Yeah. If someone came to you and asked for your advice uh, towards, if I came to you, for instance, and said, I wanted to use the tools that I have available to me, you know, this incredible resource of the internet and the phone in my back pocket and any number of digital uh, innovations. And I wanted to take that and put it towards something that creates social change. What would your advice to me be? I would say that start, start, of course, start problem. So uh, as we did, so try to identify the problem and validate that problem based on uh, statistics and data available. Then the next step would be to to think that what is the what do you want to achieve and what would be the best technology platform for you to achieve that goal. And and for us, it was quite obvious that it has to be the smartphone because that technology that is penetrating new markets with with a massive force currently. So that that was self-evident for us that we be on that platform in order to achieve the impact that we want to achieve. But yeah, that's that's a tough question. Uh, I think it depends also what kind of change do you want to achieve. Uh, is it because our the change that we're trying to achieve is also connected to culture and education. So it, it's going to be a long long journey. We are like I, as I always say, it's a step plan, and we are just taking first towards the the end of that it's going to be a long journey. So you really have to find that it's people focused or, or more more education based uh, problem that you're solving. I think that's a tough question. <laughs> we don't like to make everything easy here at Whole Whale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is one tech dragon that you want to slay next? A lot of them. No, <laughs> I, I, I think that when you, uh, as I said, I think that if you, if you identify a problem that you want to solve, and then you build a product or service or community that you would yourself want to use. And, and if you build a good product and, and you put on effort on building ethical brand and ethical uh, what do you want to do it, uh, as non-profit or profit? So build ethical brand and build an ethical business around it. So I think, and, and get your message out there. So I think that, that people will come. They will come if, if, you, if, you take, if you take the right steps. Build the product you want to use. Build an ethical brand. And what, what I mean with ethical brand, don't be evil. Don't. Think about the short-term goals and steps. Try to think about the long-term 
steps and mission that you have and try to build a brand that reflects that mission. So I think, and then get the message out there. I think they will come because if you, if you, if you're genuine in what you do, I, I, I think you don't have to focus on slaying other tech dragons because you will, you will become the leader eventually if, if you, if you, truly genuine and ethical in what you do and do the right thing and, of course, build a good product or community. Do good work and don't be evil. I like it. Yeah, don't be evil. Like, try, try to remember why you started what you started. Try to remember the core value. Why did you start what you started? Why do you want to create an impact? And, and, and try to avoid the vanity. Try to avoid the noise, whether it's vanity metrics or vanity advice. So try to focus on your mission and, and building a brand you can, you want to live by, you believe it. Fantastic. Uh, so what is coming in the next year for, for Guardian X? Okay, well, uh, a lot. Uh, we have been focusing this uh, spring and early summer. We've been focusing on creating new B2B partnerships, for example, with Teleoperate. So we're really excited about that, that those discussions are moving forward very well and that give us whole new visibility and, and take our distribution to a whole new level. So we are very excited about that. So finding the right key partners to, to make Guardian X more accessible globally and, 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 and emphasizing and building up the movement with the right partners. So that's, that's what's coming up towards the end of this year and in the beginning of next year. And speaking of finding the right partners, uh, how do people find you online? Well, uh, of course, uh, on social media channels. You can find me on, on, on Instagram and Twitter and Guardian X, of course, as well. And uh, if you just want to drop us an email, so just, you know, the best way is to drop us an email at contact at guardianx.io. We are uh, uh, still a lean and agile organization, so your email <laughs> will be read. <laughs> it will not disappear to the, to the bit universe. So just be brave and contact us directly by email or social media. So we will be there and we will respond. There are humans on the other side of the screen. Yeah, luckily, luckily. Great, Mark, thank you so much for joining us and thank you again for the work that you're doing. And I hope that it's not insulting to say, I also hope there's a day where we do not need the app. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I thank you, Olivia, for having me. And I, I do believe that someday in the future we will achieve our mission, which is that schools uh, like Guardian X wouldn't be a necessity as it is today. This has been episode 97 of Using the Whole Whale. I'm Olivia Marlowe Giovetti, filling in for George Weiner. And if you miss the dulcet tones of George's voice, don't worry. Here is our standard outro with George. This has been Using the Whole Whale, stories of data and technology in the social impact world. Resources, as always, may be found at wholewhale.com slash podcast. 
Thanks for joining us.